In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We are glad to see hear you. We're glad you're hearing us today. And uh, you are going to be glad that you're listening in because we've got a terrific guest, Trish McGrath, here to talk about the new rules for the six-figure job search. And Trish is a career coach. She works hard to be on top of the new and the next, which is, as you know, what we always do here at The Career Confidant. And she has written a new book, The New Rules for the Six-Figure Job Search, really all about how the job search has changed and you need to change your job search methods to be able to keep up with the times. So Trish, thank you so much for joining us here today. Yes. So I mentioned it a little bit in my introduction here, but why do our job seekers need to change their strategies for the modern job search? What has changed? Well, as you know, Marie, it is a completely different world out there. The digital job market is very different from any previous search that anyone may have conducted. So if they are using outdated job search techniques, they're probably finding they're not very effective today. Um, Today's job search requires a modern strategy and knowledge of current hiring practices. That's why... As career professionals, you and I, we continually speak with recruiters and hiring managers. We study industry trends and take specialized training so we can stay up on the new and next. Because not only have resumes and job interviews changed a lot over the years, so is how you find the jobs. You know, employers are no longer just posting open jobs and waiting for um, candidates to apply for them. Sure, some jobs are posted online, but many hiring managers are using their professional networks and, and asking employees for referrals and they're proactively searching for the top talent right on LinkedIn. And that's why they refer to this as the hidden job market. The opportunities are there. You just need to use relationship building and networking to access them. You can't just show up and win um, and expect to win. You really have to sell yourself. Another issue is the aging workforce. Um, more seasoned workers are competing with candidates who may be much younger. And we definitely can overcome ageism in the hiring process with the right strategies And that's why you see so many people um, reaching out to professional career coaches and resume writers for the first time. You know, they they did not have to do that in previous job searches, but it is a different world today. Yeah. Yeah. And there is so much that has changed. And yet, you know, when you talk about networking, that's always been the same, but we have some new tools to do it. And we have some distractions (laughs) that keep us from thinking that we should do it, right? Absolutely. And the yeah, we've got... people get scared by the word networking. It's really just relationship building and, and speaking with people. Right. And, and maintaining relationships with people that you already know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Not just reaching out to someone when you need something. It's maintaining those relationships along the way. You know, you keep in contact once in a while. So then when you do reach out, um, it's not so much as a favor is more you're you're touching base with them and then hopefully the conversation will naturally lead itself over to what you've been doing lately and how can I help you and that sort of thing. Well, so Trish, you, um, 
have been doing this work for a while, but before you moved into this work, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get into being a resume writer and career coach? What were you doing before that? Um, oh, yes. No. So I've been a career coach for about 13 years now professionally, but before that I was doing it on a volunteer basis because for some reason I've always loved this. So this is my encore career. Um, when I was in my mid-40s, I was working in an insurance company, and I realized that I really wanted something more in my life and in my job. I wanted to help people in a meaningful way. And my one gift, if you can call it that, was writing resumes. You know, most people don't find it interesting, but I love it. To me, it's like creating a commercial. And since a young adult, I had helped dozens of friends and families get great jobs and wondered if I could use this ability to help people in a more formal way. So I joined a couple of professional organizations like Career Thought Leaders and started taking as much training as I could. Uh, I built my website, put my shingle out there, so to speak. And that was back in 2009. You know, I kept my day job for a couple of years while I built up my practice. And then I escaped the corporate world in 2011 to focus on career coaching and resume writing full-time. And now that I have a job that I love so much, um, I do my best to help others find that same level of you know, job satisfaction. Yeah. And of course, leveraging your, you know, I mean, all of us in whatever we do, use what we've learned before. What do you think um, from your background you use the most in your work today? Um, one of the things that I've been, one of my greatest strengths is that I find solutions to problems. I like to look at a situation and figure out, okay, how can we maximize this? How can we, you know, first you figure out to figure out what your goal is and then how can we achieve that? And one of the most important things you have to do, which I always encourage people to do during the job search, is you're always looking at what you're doing. If it's working, yay, you keep doing it. If it's not working, you change it up to make it more effective or maybe it's something you stop doing it all. So I'm a very process-driven person. Um, I've always, each of my jobs, I, um, I did coordinator-type roles and, and project management roles where I put together a process to achieve whatever the initiative was. And so that was an approach I was just able to transfer to career coaching when I'm helping people figure out what their goal is and helping them actually achieve it. I'm one of those behind-the-scenes people who gets things done. Yeah, yeah, I love that about that. That's yeah. where I thrive. Yeah, that's what I like. So, how did that factor into writing your book? Well, you know, I lo I love everything career related. I can talk about it all day. Um, the first thing I have to hear is that somebody you know is frustrated in their job search, and I jump right in. Let, oh, let, let's let me see what it is you're doing, and maybe you can try this, that, and the other thing. Um, but the main reason is I saw so many people stuck in jobs that made them really unhappy, and they felt, you know, stuck. They didn't think they had any options. And then other people who were out of work just because they didn't understand this new world of digital job search. So I wrote this book for them um, to reduce their frustration with a simple, straightforward you know, advice based on current industry best practices. Because I know what it takes. I want to help people land a job that, that they enjoy and that pays them what they're worth. So what I'm doing with this book is I'm sharing the actual coaching process I use with my own clients, and I put it into an easy-to-read blueprint that anyone can follow. I break down each component of the job search into manageable, sequential steps with tips to help you get it right the first time. But then besides the frustrated people whose job searches may be stalled, um, this book is also great for the do-it-yourselfers out there who just 
maybe want a few pointers and be steered in the right direction. And so I try to love make it. Everything, everything they need for a successful job search. Yeah, and you so generously gave um, gave some out to our colleagues at the Career Thought Leaders Symposium in April. So I, you're so generous with your expertise, and I know that people will get so much out of the book if they go oh and get that. It, it, yeah, it has been very well received, and that makes me very happy because there was a there was a gap there. You know, the job seekers needed to know the answers. You know why things weren't working out for them, and I had the answers. So I wanted to put them. Put them together so that they could, uh, you know, we all deserve to be happy in our professional life. Yeah. I'm trying to do my part. In the book, you mentioned the three pillars of the successful job search. What are those? Yes. Okay. So three pillars are planning, preparation, and taking action. And it's like a three-legged stool. You know, if each part of the process, it's equally important and they work together. So if either your planning or your preparation or the effort are weak, your job search won't be as successful. So the planning phase involves clarifying your short-term and long-term goals. You know, what kind of job do you want? Who do you want to work for? And you don't want to guess where you might be marketable or where the opportunities may lay. You want to you know, gather the information, do your research to make it a well-thought-out decision. And then to prepare for the success, you need to be able to articulate your personal brand. That's the unique value you offer an organization. You, you articulate that in a strong resume, your LinkedIn pro- profile, your cover letter, and even the answers that you're, you know, to the questions you're asked during the interview. And then you create a roadmap, a strategic plan that outlines who you need to get in front of and how you're going to do it, and then the steps involved. And then the last part is when you have those completed, then you're ready to take action. Um, in their rush to get a job, I see many people jump right into the job search before they're ready. They do what they think makes sense and then wonder why it's not working. So preparation is critical to achieve the success because you can't take action until you know where you're going and how you'll get there. Um, and you do have to complete every step, step in order, and you can't skip them just trying to jump ahead to get that job right away because these steps really do build upon each other. So your results depend on the quality and the quantity of your effort. Um, so if your job search is not winning offers, I encourage everyone to pause and look to see where the process might be broken. Is it your resume? Is it the types of jobs that you're targeting? Uh, is it how you're applying for those jobs? Are you not networking? Or maybe it's your interview performance. Because um, it may be only that one step needs fine-tuning. Or maybe you need a new approach. It's like a chain that's only as strong as its weakest link. You fix what's working, and then you'll achieve better results. So recap for me there. What were the three pillars again? I think those are really helpful for people. I'm, I'm sorry. I went on. Okay, planning, preparation, and then taking action. Yeah, and it's interesting because when you said that, you know, I think when you first say it, people will go out and plan and prepare. Those are the same. But you've got the plan that really then informs your preparation because that, as you said, is more your resume, your LinkedIn profile. And people think that's the first step. But the plan comes before so that your preparation is really on target, right? Right. So think about if you're taking a trip. You have to know where you're going before you can set your GPS. Right? And if you're going on a vacation, you need to know, are you going to plan for a ski vacation? Or are you going to pack for um, going to the beach? You have to like really know where you're going so that you can 
be ready to make the most of your opportunities. You can just wing it, but I'm personally, I'm the type of person I like to increase my odds of success, so I'd rather gather the information and do the planning and preparation first because then you'll have a more likely positive outcome. Yeah, and winging it for travel really doesn't work that well today because even if you want to stay at a national park or whatever, that they're so busy. If you, if you want to stay at a hotel, if you don't prepare, you probably won't you know, have right. a place to stay. So right. um, It's like your job yeah. sources, all those external factors. So you need to try to take them into account. We can't control everything, but when we have better planning and preparation, we're, we're in a better condition to handle what, comes our way. Yeah, I like your travel analogy. We've been using that in our um, hidden job market program. Recently, we switched over our model to talk about travel. And when you, the first part is like that decision making, right? Where are you going, etc. And then the preparation is okay, now that you know where you're going, you can pack, you can set your reservations, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then the action, well, that's the fun part, right? And, and people, Sometimes people want to get there too fast, and then other clients that you've worked with probably never want to get there, right? Um, Some people are afraid of taking action, and I encourage people, almost any decision you make in terms of your career, you can change your mind. I mean, if you join the military, yes, you're going to live with that decision for four years. Almost anything else, I encourage people, you know, pick a soft target. Let's move in this direction. If it ends up not being the right direction, then we can alter it. But if you don't have any direction at all, it's almost like you're treading water. You're actually not making forward progress. So it's always yeah. try to set a direction, and you could always recalibrate. And many times you need to. You know, you're um, exploring a career in this area, and then you're gathering more information, and you realize it's not really attractive to you. Or maybe there's um, it's a dwindling industry, so there's not a lot of opportunities. If that's the case, we take that you know, incorporate that new information, and then we can change the direction a little bit. Yeah. Oh, the traffic well, we are going to take a short okay. break. When we And we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue talking with Trish about your job search and how it needs to change for today's employment market. We'll be right back in, in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum, INC. 
You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Trish McGrath, author, author of New Rules for the Six-Figure Job Search. And Trish, we were just talking about the three pillars of successful job search and why they're so important. And as you were talking about that, um, one of the things that you mentioned was how important it is for people to find a good fit role and to really be clear on that before they start their job search. Tell me a little bit more about that right fit and how people can find that. Right. Now, I call it the right fit. It's not the perfect fit because... Nothing in life is perfect, but the the right fit, I find it's really key to overall career happiness. So self-awareness helps you figure out exactly what job fits you the right way, so the best of all the other jobs out there. So I firmly believe there are right fit jobs for each of us, and what that it means is that the job aligns with your values, your work style, your communication style, but then also your natural and acquired skills. Because, sure, you can do many things, but when in a job that fits with who you are inside, it generally comes easier to you. You'll be more successful and you'll be more satisfied. For example, um, this doesn't have to get really deep into the self-assessment. You can just ask yourself questions. Do you rather be in a more customer-facing role or behind the scenes? Do you rather work alone or collaborating as part of a team? How much time do you want to spend writing or working on a computer, speaking with others? Do you like fixing problems or analyzing data? Career coaching can help you figure that out, whether it is, um, you know, there's many, there's great websites out there like Career One Stop that help, has a lot of little quizzes and surveys to get towards, you know, get, help you define those answers, or there's, certified professional like I'm a Myers-Briggs practitioner, and that helps people identify who they are, how they like to interact with the world, and the environment in which you thrive. Because when you're in the right environment, it's easy, it's more natural, because you're not always like swimming upstream. Um, It's still work, right? They call it work, not play, but when it's a natural fit for you, everybody wins, you as well as the company. Yeah, and when you have that focus, then it's so much easier to job search because now you know clearly what roles you're targeting, but also part of that right fit is what types of organizations you're targeting. 
And then you've got the right language, the right communities to find people in. It just makes it so much easier, as you were saying at the beginning, with that plan before you start even the preparation of thinking about your networking or thinking about your uh, resume. All of those things really come off of having a, a good plan. Uh, Absolutely. And we have all that information at our fingertips, don't we? Right there. Just Google the heck out of things. And it's so intuitive these days. You can just ask the questions on if you're targeting Atlanta, who are some best employers in Atlanta? Or what kind of company is this? You can, you can explore so much online these days. Um, it really is, it's a great job search tool. It's all right there just for the asking, all that information. Right, and yet the challenge is that people got get caught up in the reactivity of online job search, what jobs are posted, and then they're reacting and applying instead of what you were just talking about is all of this information and very proactive process is available to you as well. But you can't get distracted by the open jobs you you know you need to watch those and apply to them how do you help people balance those two activities if you will well they say when the the, the figurative they that you know 80% of the jobs are not advertised online so who knows what that percentage really is but the bulk of the jobs are not online um so if you were to focus all your effort on online job postings that's really only the tip of the iceberg. So you're limiting yourself because you're only considering or being considered for those jobs. It's also the difference between push marketing and pull marketing. So push marketing would be when you're applying to those jobs, just say this month you applied to 12 jobs. Well, you're really only being considered for those 12 opportunities. But when you're trying to pull the employer's attention to you, like with a really, really strong LinkedIn presence, then that pull marketing really expands your reach because with the really strong profile, you will be higher in the search results when those recruiters are searching for someone with your skill set on LinkedIn. They will come and they will find you. So it's just, it's merely the law of numbers. Um, since only, you know, 20% of the jobs are posted online, you really should spend only 20% of your job, about 20% of your time on those job boards, in my opinion because you want to be where the jobs are and where the employers are looking for you. Right, and they're finding you in those communities. Um, because even if a job is posted online, and I know a lot of people say, oh, more more than that are posted online. Yes, that may be true, but we know that recruiters prefer to hire referrals, hiring managers prefer to hire referrals. So even if a job is posted, it's still more likely you'll be hired if you know someone there and you're kind of referred in, right? So yes. finding those communities where you want to become known is those tools that you're talking about. You are absolutely right. And when you apply for a job, you're being considered among one of all the many other people that have applied to that job. So just say it could be 500. Um, when you reach out to someone proactively and you're speaking with someone, um, and they may, you know, keep you in mind for opportunities to their company, they're considering you and only then right th that moment, you know, so that, yes, of course, you're still competing against other people, but those warm introductions is the way to, that you can find out about job opportunities before they're posted online and the rest of the world sees them. 
There's a lot less competition that way. And usually the hiring process is quicker because if if the recruiter and the hiring manager, if the person's referred to them, then they already have somewhat of a, you know, trust has been established in terms of, okay, this person is worth my time for me to investigate them further and get to know them. Right. Yeah. It makes such a big difference. And for your comfort as a job seeker, right? You're more comfortable because you know someone. You don't want to get overly comfortable. (laughs) No, but people um, hire people, right? Right. So that's why we do want to keep that connection at the the personal level, um, or professional level. I mean, just you don't want to just rely on technology. Technology is fantastic. I love it, and I use it in every aspect of my life, all day, every day. But you can you don't want to lose that personal connection because that really is what will help you land that next job, which will be the right job, help you land it sooner. Right. And that network, those people, that connection is so important. And yet people still need to have a strong resume because even if you know someone, they're going to have to share your resume with the hiring manager and the hiring manager is still going to have to see that you're qualified on that resume, right? You can't sidestep that part of it. Right. Absolutely. You, um, you need a way to represent the value you offer the organization. And so the resume does that. That's your vehicle. So resumes are not going away. They have changed considerably over the last 10, 15 years, and not all the job seekers have, have kept up with that. But the resume is here to stay. It's, um, that is how you can convey your information to someone who's asking. They're asking, really, what can you do for us? They'll say, well, as a matter of fact, I can do this, this, and this, and here are some specific accomplishments from my career that back up that statement. It's like the proof points. Right. And they've got an opportunity to tell that story and, and draw those connections. How do you differentiate the resume from the LinkedIn profile? Cause you need both, right? You, absolutely. You need both and they actually work together. So the resume is more the factual and you definitely do put your soft skills in there as well. And you do try to get some of your personality across, but we write it in third person, a little more fragmented. You really want your LinkedIn profile to be more personable. So they're, try- they're getting to know the person behind the resume, behind the experience. So you want to convey your excitement for the field and what brought you here in the first place and the business challenges that you really are looking to tackle next, as well as your qualifications. But it's just it's an added mechanism. So they really do work together, and you must make sure they do work together providing a consistent brand. Because if you're representing yourself one way on your resume, and then when they check you out online, because they will, you know, they check out, they look at people's resumes, if they're interested at all in getting to know them further, they check them out online, and LinkedIn is very high in the search results. It's usually number one. If your LinkedIn profile is not consistent with how you're selling yourself on your resume, um, you're going to lose the credibility with the employer. They're not even going to look further. They're not going to try to figure out why are these inconsistent. They're just going to move on to the next clients. Um, and it's how you can establish your thought leadership on LinkedIn. You have the information you're sharing, and you want to establish yourself as someone who's knowledgeable and successful in your field and will bring success to the company. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, you said they... They have to be consistent, but they also can't be duplicative because if it's just a copy and paste, 
the person's not going to spend any more time reading and you've just lost out on that opportunity, right? They glance at it. They say, oh, it's the exact same as your resume. And now they've moved on. Right. So, yes, if they have read your um, resume first, then, yes, you can totally lose them as a a reader for their LinkedIn profile. But usually the LinkedIn profile is the first thing people are seeing. If it's the recruiters and hiring managers who are proactively searching for talent on LinkedIn. So you need to make sure that you are still including, yes, you're getting, you want them to get to know you as a, as a person, but you also need to include specific achievements that show that you have something of value to offer to the organization so that they then will request a phone call with you or interview you or they request your resume. So you're right. You do not want them to be duplicative. Um, there's definitely some, some overlap within the content, but they tell your, each one tells your story a little bit differently. While telling the same story, it's just the tone is a little different. You know, you want to use more conversational tone on LinkedIn because, again, it's really people getting to know other people. Right. And you have so much space on LinkedIn that you can put in a little bit of both, right? You can put in enough accomplishments from your resume, but word it a little different. And then you can put in that additional information that they may not have seen um, or may not have been able to expand on, let's say, in your resume, you could tell more of the story is usually what we say. So we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we'll dive into some more resume tips and then talk a little bit more about LinkedIn. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking with Trish McGrath, author of The Six-Figure Job Search. And Trish, we, we've talked a little bit about resumes. Any final thoughts you have on how people can make their resume as strong as possible? Absolutely. So you really do want to target your resume. So what I like to do is first you identify the role that you're yet you want the you know that's the goal you want to accomplish what role do you want this resume to position you for and then you reverse engineer it so that you can say okay I want to sell myself this way I'm going to highlight these aspects of my skills and qualification to do that so important thing to remember is that even while your resume is about you you're writing it for your potential employer so you need to address their needs and quickly convey how you can add value to their team so as to be clear and concise you don't include everything you've ever done. This is your commercial. It's not your autobiography. So you want to focus on the skills and experience that show that you're the ideal candidate for that next job. You want this to be a forward-facing document. Personally, I aim for about 950 words of top-quality content over two pages. This gives you enough white space to separate your sections so it's a well-laid-out document. It makes it easy to read. And then you need to focus on the accomplishments within each role, not your tasks or duties. The way I like to describe it is to use crisp two-line bullets to show how the company benefited from you doing your job so well. So you definitely want to include a few different examples of how um, jobs are very different. So whatever you accomplished in your role, some roles are revenue generating, other roles that they're more um, cost reductions. Um, So however the company benefited from you doing your job so well, that will dictate the types of information, the types of bullets that you include for your job. Because when you think about it, we could say many different things about how well you did that job. No one wants to read 20, 30 different things, so we want to highlight what are the six most important ones. And keep in mind, the resume's job is not to tell your whole life's history. It's to win the interview and has, that they want, you pique their interest. They want to get to know you more. And then in the, in the interview itself, you'll be able to expand upon these points. Yeah. Yeah, just know that it's going to be more powerful if you select the stories that really are relevant for that job and not trying to share everything. That's really powerful. So you're right, being relevant is it, that's key to success for sure, definitely. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the LinkedIn profile, but what about using LinkedIn as a job search tool? I consider LinkedIn the number one job search tool in the world and actually require all my clients to be on it because you can have the best resume in the world and the best desire, yes, I want to get out there and network. Well, you need some way to actually make it happen, and LinkedIn as a platform is super powerful. So because the recruiters are searching online for their most qualified candidates, they already the tight job market is even more competitive, right? Because not only are job seekers competing against other applicants, they're also being compared with their peers across the industry. So the LinkedIn platform expands your reach and your visibility. With the right step, 
Your LinkedIn profile is like 24-7, gives you 24-7 access to decision makers all around the globe. Normally, you wouldn't have access to all those people without an online tool like this. So even if you're not a fan of social media, you should create a LinkedIn profile. It, what it does is solidify your professional image. Because this, this new job search, the rules require new tools, and you need to be where the recruiters and managers are looking for you. So there's three, three things that I think are key to LinkedIn success. First, you optimize your profile with a professional-looking headshot and the keywords that show you're qualified for the job, because LinkedIn is all SEO and keyword-driven. You want to build a wide and deep network of connections because you never know who may be you know, someone who's in the position to make a warm referral for you, or you never know who may know of the perfect job for you. And then you must be somewhat active. LinkedIn is not a build-it-and-forget-it platform. If you're trying to be active at least one time a week by sharing an industry article or engaging with others' members' posts, it's going to help you appear higher in the search results when someone's looking for someone with your skill set. And there's tons of information for people who um, are not real comfortable on LinkedIn. I recommend that people go to like the LinkedIn's YouTube channel. And the most important thing when you're, when you're taking any kind of tutorial or learning about how to use LinkedIn, make sure you're getting the 2022 information because they continually evolve the platform and it won't do you a lot of good if you're getting a tip, a tip on how to do, you know, one particular function on there or use one feature that may be outdated. Um, so you always want to stay up on it, and it's it's just the way to expand your reach. It's not no longer are you know just the 150 people who know you are they able to help you in your job search. It's the 842 million people or whatever it is that's on LinkedIn. Um, it's a, it's it's a very powerful tool, and I'm even though I'm I'm a LinkedIn Power user, I'm a LinkedIn trainer. I write people's profiles. I use the free version of LinkedIn. Um, you can do everything you need for free. And there's even fantastic training on there. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn in your job search. Or even if you're just trying to advance your career and you're not actively looking right now, you just want to position yourself for future success. Yeah, I think that proactive use of it is so powerful um, because, as we said, you know, you don't want to be reaching out to people just because you need something. And these digital tools are really a great way to maintain that relationship, not just use it when you need it. And, that, you know, all of the there's so many other t tools, LinkedIn, obviously, being the number one for job search, but it really depends on people's industries. There may be another tool that is a great way for people to really stay in touch and to think about how they're how they're going to connect with their community or research their, their employers um, in addition to LinkedIn. But I, I, LinkedIn is definitely the place for people to start and to really understand mm -hmm. what their options are. Right. And it, I like to use it for two reasons, two ways. One, you're putting yourself out there so that the right people find you, but you're also using it for information gathering. And like you said, your community, um, it's all about building that community. And it does not need to be on LinkedIn. It can be through your professional association, through um, the, the website there. Um, just in addition to our face-to-face -face annual net, um, conferences and stuff, um, usually there are some online forums that can keep you involved with those professional groups on a more regular basis. Right. 
So we've done our resume, we do our networking through LinkedIn and through other channels, and then we get this interview, right? We, we get the audit interview and uh, have that opportunity to get in front of someone. What is your formula for a winning job interview answer? Um, there is a winning formula. Of course, the questions are different, the answers are different for each industry, but the formula that I like is actually like a bookend formula. So you start with something positive, you answer the question more, in no more than two sentences, you don't want to go on and on, and then you, you end it, you follow up with something positive. So an example could be, um, yes, okay, by the way, you never want to use the word no in an interview. You always want to try to avoid that. You don't want to say no and I don't know. You always try to find different ways to say that. But one example of the bookend question, answer, sorry, would be, yes, I know, I do have a lot of experience with Excel. I use pivot tables, advanced functions, and conditional formatting to consolidate, analyze, and report on large data sets. That's the one aspect of this program manager role that I'm really looking forward to. So you're saying, yes, I have the experience. You're following it up at the very end saying, you know, you're eager for the job. And then in the middle, you're saying something specific to the role and actually answering the question that they asked. Um, and you don't want to, again, you don't want to wing it. I'm a big fan of preparing, you know. I feel everybody needs at least some interview prep to present themselves in the best light and address the employer's needs because none of us interview as well as we think we do, me included. Um, but So what you want to do is you want to practice. You want to prepare. Compose your answers um, ahead of time in writing so that you can fine-tune them, you can edit them, and then you actually need to recite them out loud many times until they roll off your tongue. Um, if there's some word you have trouble saying, don't use that word in your answer. Don't be using those big words that are difficult to pronounce. Use it everyday language, but you do, of course, want to use the jargon for your industry. But when you practice saying it out loud, then pretty soon it's going to reduce your fear and enable you to shine. And it's, it's amazing how so many people just don't want to practice because they don't like interviewing. And the same with the video interviewing now. People, very few people are comfortable with that. So practice. Um, you can use Zoom with a friend. You can just even just record yourself. You don't even need to be, you know, involving anybody else. You can just practice your answers. But what I um, recommend that people don't do is focus too much on the questions. So you always want to um, realize the employers want three things. They want someone who can do the job, someone who wants to do the job, and someone who's going to fit right in with their group. So you really want to Try to do some, again, when you're doing your research, and if you really, if this is the right job for you, if this is a field you're experienced in, you should have a pretty good handle on the types of questions they'll ask you. But sometimes they may phrase them differently. So you just want to make sure that you work your, like the accomplishments from your resume that you spent a lot of time, you know, putting together. You want to use those as your, like your library of answers so that whether they're asking you about your excitement for the, to the role or where you want to be in a few years or a, a skill-specific question about the role itself, you're going to have this information. It's not something you've never thought of before. And you can, you can go right online, and there's questions, you know, there's lists of the most common, again, 2022 interview questions so that you can, you can start to practice. And it really is important. Um, you can't just wing it and just, Think that you know what they're going to ask, and think you know how to sell yourself. You really want to put a little, a little 
proactive effort into it if you really if you really want the job. Yeah. Well, Trish, you have been so helpful and so generous with your expertise. Tell people where they can find you and where they can find the book. Oh, excellent. Um, well, of course, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn profile is um, Trish Thomas McGrath. Um, my Facebook page is um, facebook.com slash edgecareersolutions. That's the name of my coaching practice. Twitter is um, edgecareercoach. And then my book, so New Rules for the Six-Figure Job Search, How to Position Yourself for Success, is available on Amazon in, in paperback, hardcover, as well as the, the ebook. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your information. And we're going to say goodbye to Trish and thank her for her generosity. I will be right back here on the Career Confidant to tie a little bow around this for you. But thank you so much, Trish. And we will be back right here on the Career Confidant. Thank you, Marie. It was great speaking with you. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler hits on topics every week that affect small business owners across this country. They provide insights that show entrepreneurs how to reduce stress, wear fewer hats, and work shorter hours. Take your business from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. We were just talking with Trish McGrath, author of the six-figure job search, new rules for the six-figure job search, and what great information she was sharing. I do want to just kind of put a little bow around it, give you some process that you can use. I'm going to walk you through the process we used for our certified hidden job market class. Before I talk too much about that, just to clarify, hidden job market does not mean that the positions aren't posted. Hidden job market means that people prefer to hire people that they already know. So 
if you are only applying to open positions, you're competing against everyone else versus if you're networking, talking to people that you already know, getting connected into the communities and companies you want to work with, then you're that known quantity. So when they have a role that most of the time they will post somewhere, they already know you and you are the preferred candidate when they go through the process. And there's data that shows, you know, the percentage of people that prefer referrals, that prefer to hire someone that they know is in 50 plus, depending on the the data source and lots of data showing, of course, that you're much more likely to get hired if you're a referral. Most of the time referrals get to the interview stage almost automatically, right? If you're that referral in, you get that automatic in. And so you're getting in there faster. So how do you make that happen? Knowing that you're going to have to be really proactive. It isn't about just reacting when a job is posted because then you're not going to be that known quantity. So we start with that clarity of the job target. And this is what Trish was talking about. Do you understand what roles you're targeting? Do you understand what industries are going to be the best fit for you? Or how else are you going to define the companies that will be the best fit for you? Might be size, might be geographic location, although becoming less important in some ways. It might be industry, it might be culture, but you've got to have some clarity around what is it that you're, who is it that you're targeting and what types of roles. So that what and where critical in terms of your job target clarity. Then you're going to start organizing your search. And so this is part of that preparation that that she was talking about. I always recommend starting the job search process with a target list. Who are those companies? So you've defined a little bit about who they are. And then you start actually writing down names of companies based on those criteria. And maybe 20, you know, people might have a different number that works for them. Not too many because then you get overwhelmed. Not too few because then you feel like you don't have enough opportunities. So I recommend somewhere between 10 and 40, depending on your job search, your your personality. You're also getting together your plan. So how are you going to network? What makes sense? Are you going to use recruiters? Are you going to talk to that, you know, to those types of people? While you're doing that, you're putting together your messaging. It's important that you have the what and the where clear before you start putting together your messaging, because then you can build a resume that really speaks to those organizations that you're interested in. You could build a search that starts to target them in your networking, in your community building, that you're moving in that direction. So if you want to aim for a certain type of industry, you're going to do your networking towards that industry. You're going to build your communities online or in person with that focus and not be putting too much energy into the generic networking events, generic networking activities that take a lot of energy and don't yield that many results. So you've got your focus, you start working on your messaging and your plan. What is gonna go into your job search? What activities? What, uh, even what websites are you gonna use? If you're going to set up job alerts to see the openings, which ones are you going to set up so that you can minimize the distractions, maximize the good fit opportunities that come your way, and really make sure that you're 
moving thoughtfully and with intention throughout your plan. Then this is the piece where you started to do your networking, you started to do your job search. We call it gassing up your search, right? Powered up with your power circle. These are the people that already know, like, and trust you. Is it possible that you're going to meet someone brand new that will crack open your job search? Yes, perhaps. However, I encourage people to start with the people that already know, like, and trust them. They are gonna be willing to make those introductions. The former colleagues, former bosses, former customers, suppliers, vendors, people that you've actually worked with, those are the gold in your network. You wanna maintain those relationships when you're not job searching, and you wanna be able to be comfortable in reaching out to those people when you are job searching, that they can help make introductions for you, they are going to be the people that might refer you into their company and realizing that this is a win-win for them. Most of the time, they are also getting perks for referring you into the company. This is not just you you know, asking them to do something for you. If they already know your quality of work, they're going to be happy to do that and to reap the rewards on their end, as well as helping you get into that job. Then it's all about execution and follow through and maintaining your energy despite the rejection that we are going to face during this process. It's easier to do that when you have a plan, you have that target list you can always go back to, and you have those people in your corner supporting you, giving you their energy as you move forward throughout your search. So when you think about your job search, it really is a planned activity. It's a process. It's a strategy plus the execution, of course. And when you have that plan in place, as Trish was saying, then you're able to prepare according to the plan and take actions. And as you take actions, you learn, you go back, you revise your plan and your preparation so that you can be more successful in every next activity and next step that you take. We're always here to support you at, career, at the Career Confidant. You can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we're happy to cover topics that you are interested in hearing or answer questions that you have about your career, career advancement, job search, and any other career-related topic. We will be right back here again next week on the Career Confidant with another great topic and we look forward to seeing you then. We'll see you next week here at The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.